0: This is the Fear of Science. Welcome to the Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises along the way. I'm your co-host Daniel Jai
1: and i'm your other co-host jeff porter
0: and today we are here to talk about uh, something that i think a lot of us uh, are unsure about how to talk about but we here at fear of science we're here to help get that conversation going and that is the fear of sexuality
1: yeah absolutely um so every episode we we kind of start off with asking that what like uh why are people afraid of, of sexuality and actually with this one when i was researching it i found out there's a lot of different types of fear of sexuality as well um there is just the fear of sexuality but you also have um genophobia which is the fear of sexual intercourse you have paraphobia which is a fear of sexual perversion you have <laughs> i knew i was gonna say these wrong at some point uh half a aphophobia, which is the fear of being touched. You have gemophobia, which is a fear of being nude. And you have philophobia, which is a fear of being kissed. So wow. all kinds. Wow. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, luckily, we're not going to ask our special guests to uh, spell these different phobias. Yeah. But uh, let's get our special guests to introduce themselves to our Fear of Science listeners who are joining us in studio today.
2: Hi, I'm Charlie Cook. I'm a non-binary improviser and drag performer here in Vancouver. Hi,
3: I'm Rika Moon, and uh, as you can hear from my accent, I'm an immigrant to Canada from Germany. So I'm gonna bring in the German perspective.
1: Nice. Perfect. Um, so why do we think that people have the fear of sexuality and all these, and all these other fears as well? Where do, you, where do we think that comes from?
2: I think a lot of it um, comes from probably where you grew up. Um, Like I know personally that um, I grew up in a fairly controlling household. um, And I think a lot, uh, I think that in those sorts of environments, um, like sexuality isn't talked about because there are a lot of things that are Mm -hmm. um, just considered not proper um, or... um, like I think my my parents' like number one fear was that like you'll you'll get pregnant as a teenager, have a baby, and die, um, which
1: like right away. Yeah. yeah wow. Just like it
2: just, yeah, yeah, just like life is over. Yeah, if you if you you do it.
1: Within <laughs> a two week span, that yep. all happens.
0: Wow. I I I agree. I think it's um you know it's the it's the generational passing down. Of, uh, you know our. Our parents were not properly, you know, taught by their parents, and their parents were not necessarily properly taught by their parents. And I don't think it's necessarily like, you know, um, like I. I think it's a it's a generational thing because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, luckily for better or for worse, you know, sexuality is a is a much more prominent, open thing that we get to talk about, uh, which is uh, which is great and of course there are fears around that so Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah i think even with our generation um there there's still a lot of fear and a lot of hesitation um to talk about it like (laughs) I, i know for myself um i i don't consider myself a prude but i'm also kind of in the mentality of don't kiss and tell type thing like i i think that my relationship and my sex life is is not really to talk about with other people. I, I mm-hmm. miss the weekly press releases.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you See, I grew up in a totally different environment. Uh, uh, you know, I grew up in uh, in East Germany for the first uh, ten years of my life. My parents uh, or my whole family, I would say, is very open about sexuality, um, nudity. It's like it's really no, you know, no issue. We are very. Um, yeah, kind of aware that people have just different bodies and it's okay to, hmm. to be nude and uh, I actually brought a couple of pictures I wanted to share nice. I'm going to describe those. So that will explain a little bit why, uh, why I'm pretty open about sexuality. So um, on one of them, you can see a whole bunch of, uh, I would say they're probably... Uh, one and two year old kids and they are sitting next to each other on the toilets uh, oh, just wow. in daycare. So you know it starts there already. So that's my worst like, nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> and the second one is a typical like East German family just enjoying themselves on the beach, all of them being nude. Wow. Yeah. So this is kind of the environment that I grew up with. And
0: so so you grew up in, in Germany? Yes. In, the right. eastern
3: part of Germany. Right. In the western part of Germany it's a little different. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, um, but, you know, the, the, the stereotypical cliche idea of, oh, European senses about our bodies and our sexuality mm-hmm. is more open. Is that, would you feel that that is true?
3: I would say so, yeah, absolutely. It was interesting. I went to, uh, to visit Iceland in uh, December and talked with a couple of folks about, you know, what should I do? And everyone said, yeah, you have to go to the geothermic, um, geothermal uh, pools and whatnot, but you have to be, you know kind of you have to put yourself out there, you have to take everything off and just be nude and shower and, you know, everyone is nude there. I'm like, oh, no problem, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I have a problem being naked in front of other people. So it was, it was interesting to getting that perspective. Yeah.
1: yeah, I wonder if that relates back to like our... Like, not that, that my family or my heritage is, is um, uh, like, religious or what are they called, the um, Mayflower, the Pilgrims, Pilgrims, that's the Puritans. word I'm looking for, Puritans, like, my family does not come from that at all, I have a Dutch, Dutch and Scottish heritage, so, um, but I wonder if still just North America in general, if that's why we have this, this filter of, of reducing the sexual imagery
0: right yeah I mean uh, you know our our media is is very much uh, you know guided at least you know mass media you know has a P, you know rated PG13 rated R rated G for everyone um, And a lot of that I think not just the content but also about say you know sexual imagery uh, you know brief warnings about brief nudity, yeah you know, uh, yeah so I, I i agree
1: yeah and like some places um i see i should have fast fact checked this but i'm gonna say it anyways um i believe in the uk um you can show a penis um on television um or in a movie and it doesn't affect the rating but if that penis is erect then it totally changes the rating
3: Wow, that's yeah. interesting.
1: That's
0: that's why Eastern Promises with with uh, oh Viggo Mortensen. That's why you know. That's why that's fine, listeners. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, watch Eastern Promises with Viggo Mortensen, and uh, get back to us with what you think.
1: Never even heard of that movie.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a very famous a uh, very famous uh, nude uh, fight scene. Really, in, in a in a in like a public bath. And it's like very real, like just slippery and uh, violent and very nude. Uh, and so uh, I've never seen the movie, but I, I hear good things about that scene.
1: This episode so. is brought to you by Vigo Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so, so for our, our two guests, um, you know, for in your experiences, have you ever, uh, have you ever met anyone or, or are you yourselves, have you ever been afraid of sexuality, our, our topic for today? That's
1: pretty
2: cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I um, I think fear of sexuality has something that I've um, had to grapple with in a performance setting for a lot of my life because I've been acting for about six or seven years now, and one of the first things that I like uh, that got me, into performing was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, um, yeah, and so going from going to these screenings and have as like a teenager and having this like ooh hee hee like right. like wow like touch a touch a touch a. <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. they're yeah they're like girls kissing and boys kissing and like. All these things happening to, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, if you have, haven't been around for the last
1: 20 years yeah.
2: now. <laughs> um, but then going from that, kind of like, ooh, that's fun and exciting to watch people to um, eventually getting up on stage, I think I, I definitely uh, had sort of that moment of like, oh gosh, like, I don't know what to do i'm very scared to be sexual and to be like yeah. seen as sexual because i think there there was something so vulnerable about having to um like put myself out there and be like okay this is this is what i'm bringing to you uh to showcase what i've got and there's that thing of like Ugh, like if people don't like it if people are like you're too awkward and you're not being sexual enough that's scary
0: <laughs> right and uh, you know especially as a as a comedian as an actor as a performer you know which are also very vulnerable things mm-hmm. uh, would you say that doing you know your first time performing comedy or performing as a as a clothed actor mm-hmm. was it different than say your first time being a, a drag performer
2: um for sure um yeah as a yeah, as as a clothed actor um doing like more scripted work, I felt a lot more pressure to sort of fit into these um a lot more heteronormative kind of boxes uh, and that right. ad- added like another layer of like not only am I failing to um like I was never cast in romantic settings until I in like like I was never the love interest until I came out as queer and until I started transitioning to being non-binary I think because I was just so like oh god I have to like try and like audition for this romance scene with this man and like I'm failing to be sexual and like failing to deliver these like straight cisgender ideas of what romance is um and so as a drag performer I I've had a lot more opportunities to um to bring weird things out and bring things that are um yeah, things that I would never get to do um as like a scripted actor. Hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Great. Thank you for sharing. That's yeah a really, really neat perspective. Mm-hmm. Um I was gonna ask as well, um does everybody remember having the sex talk with their parents? <laughs> and how did that go?
3: Uh. I, it was a little awkward. I think that just because, you know, as a teenager, everything is kind of awkward. Mm. Um, but as you know, my parents are very open about nudity. They are also very open about sex and sexuality. So it was, I think, it was pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah. Mm.
1: For, How you you, Daniel?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for man, I just remember um, I I had it with my dad and. Uh, Hi, Dad, if you're listening. uh, The the one sent it was a one sentence conversation or one it was yeah I say conversation because I think I probably just nodded after this, but um uh, all he said was uh, whatever you want to do is fine so oh, yeah,
1: wow, yeah that's really nice
0: yeah uh and then i <laughs> i remember, i think i was in like grade 12 or maybe grade 11 and he was teaching me how to drive at the same time so it's just <laughs> a lot of stress <laughs> um and so so when, when he said that i was like mm-hmm. but it stuck with me as being like um as as also showing me that my dad was really trying to, to yeah. connect and to give me the talk as best he he knew, but he didn't have, you know, the tools. The he, language. He didn't to... have the language. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I I now as an adult, I can empathize and, and be like, I understand what you're trying to say, and thank you.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that he multi tasks as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. Multiple <laughs> things at a time, well, driving yeah. and the sex conversation. Remember,
0: uh, <laughs> remember uh, you know... Oh, have have hard conversations while driving so you're mm. both looking out the window, right? the <laughs> yeah. don't, have
1: to, don't yeah. have to look into each other's eyes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you? What, and uh, and you?
1: Oh, go for it, Charlie.
2: Um my my parents I think just let my school do that. I don't know if that was like a conscious choice if they like knew like sex education fifth grade, that's when they start, um and just decided not to talk about it. <laughs> Um, or if, like, it was, like, a, like, oh, shoot, I forgot that was on the list I was supposed, <laughs> of things I was supposed to do. Um, yeah, and I think, um, yeah, my my sex education in school was, like, very, um, I, I, like, hope things are, are getting better for high schoolers now because uh, I feel like it was very, like, label the parts of like different genitals and mm-hmm. like we're gonna show you a horrifying slideshow of STDs but like nothing was covered about like um, about consent or about yeah. um, about anything beyond like penis and vagina intercourse or like how, how for that to feel good or anything I think that like would have actually been useful or actually like made the idea of having sex not be like, Shameful and horrible.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, terrified. Yeah, yeah,
2: right. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I grew up in uh, in rural Manitoba, and um, say no more. Yes, yeah. done. <laughs> That's up. my entire story. <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't necessarily remember my parents ever like sitting down with me and having the conversation at all. Um, I somewhat remember learning sex ed in school, but like you said, it was it was very much like. This is how you get pregnant. This is the parts of a penis. This is the parts of a vagina. Labeled them. And tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. See? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Right. laughs> um, but there was never... I know for a fact they never talked about anything to do with LGBT at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I couldn't imagine. I hope they do it in, in Manitoba now, but especially at that time in the 90s in Manitoba, there was so much homophobia yeah. um, mm-hmm. that it would have been insane for them to actually teach that, which they should have. Um, but did do you remember being taught anything about LGBT in schools?
3: No, nothing in schools. And I would just... Um... You know, kind of thought about what what else was there um, to help you know educate uh, young people around sexuality in Germany. And we actually had—I don't know if it still exists—but there was this magazine. Uh, it was called the the Bravo, um, mm. and uh, you could read about you know rock stars and that kind of stuff. But there was also a section where you could ask a doctor a question about sexuality, and Imagine then sometimes a they would
2: section, ha- <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: and sometimes there would be. You know, pictures, nude pictures of, of boys or girls, and uh, so that was kind of part of my life growing up. I'm mm. not sure if it's still around, but LGBTQ um, topics—I can't remember if there was anything like that in, yeah. in the
1: magazine. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, and the the Q two plus was was <laughs> never even in the equation at all.
3: No, exactly. So,
0: would it be fair then to say that the reason why these things weren't taught or you know possibly aren't being taught right now is because of of fear of but what are but what are what are the educators what are the teachers like what what is the fear behind that that's that's a deep question yeah yeah like uh you know i i wonder if it's you know is it is it fear of getting you know Parents who are against that, mad at them. Mm-hmm. Is it fear that? Is it fear that maybe they're not that they're not the right people? They don't have the right info. So best not to teach it because eh, we don't know what we're doing. Fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. Let's bring in someone from the the teachers' federation. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't know what the uh, answer to that would be at all. I, I think you kind of hit a lot of the the marks that that would probably be the reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so uh, I'm curious, then, uh, you know, from from our guests, uh, what. Uh, you know if if you could go back and, and say um, you know uh, the classic if you can go back and teach your younger self something uh, during school um, like what did you need growing up about sexuality and um, what what do kids nowadays needs and maybe they're the same or maybe they're different I don't know
3: I I feel like still more openness is needed right mm-hmm. I mean we talk about uh, uh, talking about it earlier, that there were the shows of all these diseases that you can get when you have sex, but uh, you don't really talk about, you know, how fun sex can be and how mm-hmm. you can have sex with different partners. But, you sex know, can be fun. Yeah.
0: Blasphemy. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Um, so, kind of making sex or sexuality more of a positive experience right. Mm-hmm. Right. and also empowering yeah. people to feel comfortable in their bodies, right? I think that's there's a lot of fear there too that you're not, you know, not comfortable in your on board mm-hmm. Because there's so much judgment about and the perfect uh, body and mm-hmm. all that, I'm not You're being
0: up, like I'm,
2: good yeah. at exactly. sex. Yeah, like a, yeah,
0: you're yeah. supposed to be good at it at uh, when you're in what grade eight.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. What?
0: You
2: know, yeah.
1: I was definitely nowhere close to having oh, sex in grade eight. Wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's, um, and when I was researching the show as well, there is a large amount of it is that that, that fear of inadequacy. Um, people mm-hmm. just people not wanting to have sex just because they they are afraid they're going to be really bad at it, um, which is sad. Mm-hmm. And I think. If you're if you're a teenager, or even if you're an adult that that has not had sex and is afraid of it, just do it. Just just give it a try, and and it might not go well, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. that's yeah,
2: the way it is. I think something that um, well, first I definitely would have told my younger self pee after sex.
0: Yes, <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> that would have saved me a lot of UTIs. Um, as a as a person, I really. Really wish if I had a time machine first thing <laughs> done. Um, but I think that communication is something that I wish that um I'd been taught because I think that's one of the other things that really heightens these fears around inadequacy and makes it like hard whether you're an educator or a parent or just like a human to talk about sex is yeah. that like, in the movies, it's shown as just, like, this thing that happens, and it's this... Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's yeah.
1: fireworks that happen, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's usually how it happens. Yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. there's...
2: Yeah, like, it's, I think, almost made, like, the idea of, like, actually having that conversation with a partner or partners about, like, what feels good, like, what do you want, um, yeah. like, really almost taboo or just, like, too awkward because we don't have these... Scripts of how they go.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, I remember. Uh, I remember as a, as, a, as a blossoming young man, um, I was watching an action movie, and I can't remember what the, uh, the action movie was. So, listeners, if you know what it is, again, send us a message.
2: Was it something with Hugo Mortensen? <laughs> Not
0: this time, but uh, <laughs> it was a it was an action movie, and um, the, it had the male lead and the female lead. And de- halfway through the movie, they were comparing battle scars, and so, you know, they were trying to one-up each other, and they were like, oh, yeah, well, I got this when I got shot in blank, or I got stabbed here in the side, and so they were taking off their clothes to show off all of their, like, scars and, like, bullet holes and, like, knife wounds, and as they took off the clothes... All of a sudden, it turned to six. So, oh. uh, yeah. So, uh, apparently, so I learned that I had to get shot a bunch <laughs> and, then, uh, and stabbed in order to get scars, right? Like, like we, uh, you know, boys get taught that scars are cool yeah. and that, you know, uh, uh, people like scars. And I'm like, and so that also ingrained in me. I still remember that scene, which is probably sad, but that's just me.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of pressure, um, especially in high school, like competing against other people in a way about sex like for me i was bullied a lot in high school and so when i when i got into like grade 11 and 12 sex was the furthest thing for my mind i just wanted to have a friend yeah at yeah. that point surviving
0: uh, yeah, yeah exactly I so yeah. I
1: totally women agree. really i wasn't really interested at all but i remember in the back of my mind being so stressed about the fact that i hadn't had sex when i was in high school that i was going to be almost in my 20s possibly before i had sex um that it would keep me up at night and
0: everybody would know
1: yeah exactly and that's the thing no one would know nobody would know when i had sex unless i told them when (laughs) i had sex
2: hi jeff's high school bullies yeah
1: Are you, Chris, if you're listening to this.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, Right, right. So, uh, you know, I, and I'm glad, you know, um, I'm glad that we can laugh about this and we can smile. Um, but, you know, but uh, I think, you know, it, you made a really good point. You know, this, this, um, I think this topic, even more so than, say, some of the other topics that we've touched upon here uh, during our Fear of Science podcast, this is one that, um, that really... Uh, hits home and really, you know, uh, you know, even sitting here in this conversation is, is is nice and smooth because we've all lived through it. Yeah. Not saying that we aren't going to live through a zombie apocalypse, so <laughs> listen to our back catalogue. But you know, um, but this, uh, but sexuality, and it's still something that we're all still discovering mm-hmm. about ourselves too.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, absolutely.
1: I think there's very few people that have gone through their lives and not worried about their sexuality in some way, whether they're inadequate, uh, their gender identity, right. their mm-hmm. whatever it may be. I think everybody has gone through that in some way. Um, but I think the amount of people that have talked about it is much less.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, for for our, our guests here, as well as being on our podcast, um, have you ever had a chance to 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 uh, share your your thoughts and feelings about about sexuality or gender in in another setting, mm-hmm. uh, like in a workshop perhaps mm-hmm. or or elsewhere. I'm just curious.
3: Probably not so much in a workshop, but just with friends actually. Or right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what
0: What do your friends ask, and what and what do you uh, you know if you can share? Like, <laughs> what do you say?
3: I think just the other day we actually had a conversation. Someone is, uh, one of my friends is uh, just, you know, freshly dating someone new. And uh, so she was just mentioning that she has fantastic sex now. Woo! Yeah! And uh, yeah, so we were just kind of talking about that a whole bunch. Um, Also, just thinking about high school, even with my friends back in high school, we would talk about sex. A lot? I don't know. Was was that a thing here? No.
1: I don't, I don't <laughs> know. No, not for me. No. No.
3: no.
0: Uh, I th- I think for well, you know, I was in a very similar boat as Jeff. That's why we. That's why we've connected, Jeff.
1: We've been like, through some shit. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: totally. yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, you know. At most, it would be like like oh, this person has a new uh, a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend. Oh, they're holding hands. You know, but like yeah, I think now. I think even with with me, it was, I, I think even back then, I was think I was a bit of a prude. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
3: Yeah, I, w- I was just thinking about, uh, um, I think I was in grade 11, yeah, probably 10 or 11 and uh, starting to kind of questioning my uh, my sexuality. So I had a really good friend who actually went out with me to a kind of a back then, like a lesbian bar and there were all these super, mm-hmm. um, you know, masculine presenting women and it was super scary so <laughs> we went there once and we did uh, never go again. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, at that point I thought I was, uh, you know, uh, bisexual but um, yeah, after a, a few boyfriends uh, I discovered my uh, real sexuality and uh, That's great. Yeah, That's awesome.
0: yeah, yeah, it took some time. Nice. Um, uh, and again, this is this is me. Uh, I'm very I'm curious. So thank you if you can share. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, how did it How did it feel when when you uh, say like was it coming out to yourself as well as as other people? Uh, yeah.
3: I think my coming out story is actually um, it was a pretty easy coming out for me. I would say I was uh, pretty lucky. Um, so I was just out of a. a Five-year relationship with a with a man, and uh, and I talked to my sister who's gay, and she has been always gay. Like right. she she knew from when she was ten. So she kind of paved the way, um, you know, talking about it with my parents and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I just at some point I just talked to her and I said, how you know how can I date women? Like how can I figure this out? And uh-huh. I just need to know. And uh, okay. and then she kind of helped me out there a bit. And from that moment on I started dating women and never ever went back I really yeah. Wow. Like, I'm, mm-hmm.
0: I'm glad that you had a sister that you could talk <laughs> yes, about
3: that with. Yeah. That Absolutely. is so cool. Yeah, and then coming out to my parents was actually is a funny story. Um, we were sitting at the the breakfast table, and at that time, um, my parents live on a farm, so I had like an, an apartment on the same on uh, the same property, and we were having breakfast together. My dad said, "So you have been bringing up over a lot of like there were a lot of girls and women, <laughs> uh, you know coming over to your place, and what's up with that? Are you are you a lesbian too?"
0: And I said yes, and I was. <laughs> yeah, it's like great. oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's yeah. wonderful. That is so sweet. Um, mm-hmm. and and for for yourself, Charlie. Yeah, I'm just. Curious, have you, like, um, uh, have you ever had a chance to talk about sexuality in a certain?
2: Um, it's something that I I actually was talking about with another queer comedian recently, where we were talking about how um like we feel sometimes like it's something that we censor ourselves in like talking about um, like I I like only very recently started um, trying out material where like I talk about like sex and like talk about like the people that I'm dating because I think for like I think because of being socialized like female as a kid and then also through high school it was the sort of thing that I like I was really lucky that Vancouver has a lot of like really great um, queer resources so I had like sort of like my weekend life where I got to like be a queer teenager and got to like date girls and things like that but then it was like in my actual high school was like me and like two other gay kids being like I can't talk about this Um, so I think yeah having all like um, yeah it's been hard to sort of like challenge that internalized homophobia which has like made me kind of go like oh no that would be like gross if i talked about this meanwhile like men are up on stage like talking about their boners for 10,000 yeah. hours uh but like i was like oh no i can't like talk about like sleeping over at a lady's house cuz that yeah. will be too saucy
1: well i've I've talked to comedians as well, um queer comedians that are afraid to be labeled as the queer comedian as right. well. So the, like, and, you wouldn't go to a stand-up show and have a straight guy do jokes about getting laid and then be like, nah, he that must be a straight show. comedian. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. We actually talked about this a little bit with um, uh, our Fear of Weed episode too, mm. is that um, having trouble with comedians coming on to talk about it because they didn't want to be labeled as the weed comedian right. as well. Right. So there is those those labels in the comedy world mm-hmm. that they like to throw on people.
0: Yeah, and you know, even uh, uh, not necessarily as as heavy but you know some comedians are afraid of being labeled as a as a blue comedian or a dirty Mm. comedian and they can't do uh do other kinds of
2: material yeah
1: what's a blue comedian
0: uh, it's like a, uh, if you work blue, if you if you do blue material, it means that all you do is Darker, is... like uh,
1: dirty. Okay, I've never There's heard that term jokes. before. Yeah, we're
0: never heard <laughs> um, I will say uh, I would love to give a shout out. Of course, uh, Charlie, you perform with Uncle James. Yeah. Uh, An uh, and all queer.
2: All queer improv uh, group <laughs> produced partly by uh, Blind Tiger and by Jill Lockley, who's a great local queer comedian. Canadian. And are you also a member of queer Prov as well? Yes. Yeah. Another queer improv group. See, I love that Vancouver has
0: has <laughs> two, and they're yes. both amazing and very strong. And uh, I love how you all work to support each other. Now, with with uh, both of those, would you say that the those groups they work to say uh, combat the fear of sexuality?
2: Yeah. Um, it's something really interesting because <clears throat> improv isn't uh, planned, and so a lot of times will be deep briefing scenes we did and accidentally find that we've put ourselves in heterosexual relationships Um. or something that I struggle with a lot is um, not is like not wanting to be boxed into gendered characters that like I've been trying to get away from and like any form of performing um so yeah i think we'll find that like naturally the scripts that like we want to tell of like a romantic story will end up being like oh i've gotta be a man and um yeah so it's something that will yeah we'll make a conscious point of saying like okay let's see um how many queer relationships and queer stories we can tell on stage beyond just being ourselves right there Yeah.
0: Huh, mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's awesome. That, yeah. is, that is great. Yeah.
1: Um, so, one thing I wanted to ask as well, um, when we were talking about school and and sex education, um, <clears throat> what does everyone think about, I, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be, about teaching abstinence in schools? <laughs> that silence, I think, answers it all. Uh, I. D-
0: For myself, you know, um, uh, I don't think that it is the right, I don't think that is the right answer. I don't think, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, uh, letting, letting young people know that not having sex is also an option. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the same as, say, abstinence. Like, if it's your choice to, you know, I, I don't want to have sex right now. That's great. But I don't think that that is the same thing as like preaching abstinence. Um, I think, you know, teaching that as part of all the other options on the table um, would, be, would be great in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. yeah.
3: Yeah. And something really important to add to that is also um, teaching what, what consent is. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So, yes. that's a. That's a big one too. And, uh, you know, I'm putting on my biologist hat and saying that, you know, a lot of people have the desire to have sex, right? Um, Or not. Um, But, uh, yeah. It has to be, you know, a mutual agreement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and stuff. yeah. So it's really important to talk about that. And again, you can only talk about that if you're open about sexuality.
1: Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. you know? yeah. You know, plus, uh, you know, there's, you know, plus in school, maybe they should be talking about, you know, like, like asexuality. Yeah, right? yeah. different Absolutely. kinds of, uh, sexualities
1: that are that are out there one thing i think that they should really touch on more in schools too is um uh different sex drives as well yeah um like that was something in high school I, I store
0: mine on my uh, hard drive <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: you have a file called <laughs> sex on your hard drive yeah. <laughs> um uh for me like i had in high school especially i had a very very low sex drive and even now i don't have a massive high sex drive but i I feel like, especially media and everything, is telling men that we have to think about sex all the time. We're constantly mm-hmm. thinking about it. Where I'm like, I I don't think about it that often, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but but that's not out there enough. No, right.
3: exactly. Mm-hmm. No one talks about that, right? But then everyone has the same pressure. I have to perform and, you know, like, yeah. I have to have a high sex drive. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
3: It's kind of, yeah.
1: And, like, I filter out the bros in my life so that <laughs> oh I don't really God. get into situations where I'm with a bunch of dudes that are like, oh, did you get laid last night? Like, with my friends, that conversation would never happen. But, you know, there's people like that. They mm-hmm. exist, I've heard. Yeah.
3: And you've got the same pressure in a same-sex relationship, too, with two women.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, like, absolutely.
3: Yeah, You might have one person who's a little has a little higher sex drive, you have a person a little lower. Yeah, or, you know.
1: and it's a tough conversation to have in a relationship mm-hmm. as absolutely. well, um, which I think is a really important conversation to have.
2: Yeah, even um, I actually identify as demisexual, which is uh, not the same as being asexual, but it's... Um, For me, it's that I have, um, and sort of like the definition of demisexual is um, having a lack of sexual attraction to someone until you've formed more of an emotional connection with them. Um, And yeah, that's something that I, that like even in a queer relationship, like I constantly have to come out as, um, and I've also had some very good friends who are asexual and like the shame. Around like the fact that most people don't know what that is or like see Yeah, yeah, like see the the lack of a sex drive or like the lack of like a Quote normal sex drive as so shameful is really tough cuz yeah, like I think in yeah in any particular situation feeling like oh like I'm a little different or I'm not like having as much sex or like the right sex um, Yeah, it can cause a lot of shame um yeah so that's a <laughs> I was going somewhere with that um <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah just that I, I do I think that um yeah the, there need to be a lot more conversations teaching about like sexuality beyond even just LG in the lgBTQ yeah. um Absolutely. yeah because there's so many things that don't get Touched on in mainstream media and in the education system.
1: I think you really hit on it too when you said um, normal sex drive. I think a large amount of it is that there's this societal expectation of normality that mm-hmm. we expect everybody Fit in a box. <laughs> exactly, we want everybody to be the same as us, um, and and I think. People who think that way and have a very closed mind to to what sexuality or just the way the world is in general, like black and white mentality, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a large amount of the problem. Is that we're not being we're not thinking about who we are as a as a person. We're not thinking about our own sexuality, our own sex drive. We're thinking about oh, what's Tom's sexuality and Tom's sex drive. I like Tom. I should be like Tom. So is he I don't having know why more pick, sex
0: than me? Yeah. I
1: don't right. know why I picked Tom. I don't even know what Tom. <laughs> uh,
0: so you know, so similar question then. I mean, uh, you know, I am I'm glad that here in Vancouver we have we have uh resources. Mm-hmm. There's um uh, shout
2: out community. Yeah. Ooh,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and even uh uh I'm, you know, and the fact, that, the fact that we can sit here uh, in the beautiful Inspiration Lab at Vancouver Public Library, the fact that we four can sit here and have this conversation, we're very lucky because, <laughs> um, you know, not all places around the world. You can do that.
1: Yeah, uh, so it have been a hard conversation to have in a Manitoba podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, so you know, with that said, you know, we were talking about like you know what what we uh, wish we could go back to school and teach, or what do kids need now? What do what do adults need? And I think we touched upon it a lot. But if there's one thing that that you feel that adults need to learn about sexuality, what would you say? Oh, again, another hard question. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, For for myself, I I would say that I think you know, um, I I think What adults need to learn about sexuality is that is that? Nobody has it figured out Mm -hmm. and and That you know, and I'm very lucky. You know, you're talking about your friends Jeff that that uh, you know, a little bit about, like, you know, you don't have the bros in your, you yeah know, per se. Uh, I'm very lucky that I'm starting to have uh, uh, me and my group of friends were slowly being able to open up and just talk about, not even necessarily sexuality, but about relationships and mental yeah. health mm-hmm. and and just life stuff. And, and I think all that really plays into open communication. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's what I think. Adults need, you know, when it comes to sexuality, open communication, mm-hmm. asking questions that may feel weird or dumb, and you know, uh, doing so with an open mind and an open heart.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I definitely agree that communication is something that is a really important important part of learning to be an adult. And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think the other thing, the thing that I'd want. I wish more people uh, had a sense of just the idea of, like, having fun um, uh, sexually. Because I, yeah, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, again, going back to, um, like, the media, um, I think that sex is generally portrayed in this, like, very, like, dramatic, passionate (laughs) kind of way. And I think that puts okay. a lot of pressure on people to look a particular yeah. way um yeah. and even I mean, act a particular yeah, way yeah to admit, like have, yeah to have yeah particular yeah the to be interested in doing a particular set of things um and i think that gets people away from like actually being present in the moment um and also just from like accepting that like yeah bodies are bodies that are seen on a screen or like even in photos are very different than like real sweaty human sometimes smelly odd bodies um yeah so i think just want adults to find more fun awesome. in sexuality
1: wait are, are you saying porn is fake <laughs>
2: what <laughs> what <laughs>
0: <laughs> i have to call someone <laughs> uh, what about you Vika? Yeah. what would you uh um, impart upon our our uh, listeners
3: I feel like uh, adults probably need to, you know, maybe explore themselves a little more, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, uh,
0: getting to know yourself. Oh, exactly. so true. Yeah. Uh, getting
3: to know your body, getting to know what you like. Um, masturbation comes to <laughs> mind, right? Uh, yeah. Play around and figure out what you like, and then figure out how you can communicate that in a in a respectful way too to your partner. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank
1: you. I think my 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 advice is um, almost an add on to that. I think. exploring mentally with yourself as well just not constraining yourself to to what the social norms are and (coughs) and getting to know people um from different communities or from different backgrounds than you and Mm -hmm. and just really get to know a plethora of people and and understand different people's backgrounds i think that's what it's all about
0: variety is the spice of life
1: it is. Yeah, there we go.
0: <laughs> wow, I learned so much today. Yeah. This has been a this has been a fantastic conversation and I think uh uh and I'm and I'm hopeful that other people, you know, are are having similar conversations too.
1: Yeah. Normally I do, for the end of the episode, I do our hashtag, um, and I'll I'll put in the hashtag sexuality. Uh, but honestly, I was kind of afraid of what it was going to come up with. Um, so
3: can, can I just make a pitch, actually? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Science World has a fantastic uh, exhibition uh, gallery on human body, a, p- a part on sexuality, and uh, we cover actually a lot of mm-hmm. those kind of topics too, yeah. to you know, make sure that... Uh, Students, uh, especially like teenagers, come in, um, can get some information if they can't get it at home or in school. Cool. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that so
0: great. Yeah. Uh, so so basically, your your uh, your day plan is made. Go and check out Science World. Check out this exhibit, and then at night, mm-hmm. uh, learn more about sexuality by checking out a queer Prov <laughs> or Uncle Jane show.
1: Yeah. That sounds great yeah that does sound yeah. good. and we are very lucky that we live in the city where those options are available yeah. Yeah. Thank um you. yeah thank you vancouver um, I'd like to was, thank both of our guests for being on the show. This was a great conversation.
0: Yeah, and yes, I feel and I feel like this conversation could go on even longer.
1: Oh, for sure. Or mm-hmm. like part
0: two. Let's do a part two sometime. <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah,
1: we'll do it a year from now. We'll come yeah. back and have the same conversation. <laughs> what
2: happened?
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so
2: <laughs> different now that we've uploaded our consciousness <laughs> into machines.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but yes, uh, uh, fear of science. We're always very lucky to have uh, amazing guests on to share their knowledge about our fears and i will say having you two on has uh uh, has has made my fears about sexuality a little bit less so thank you
1: yeah absolutely yeah and and thank you very much for listening
0: we'll talk again soon